What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Balance and Moderation, the podcast dedicated to health-conscious individuals elevating their mind, body, and spirit through a compassionate and realistic approach. My name is Sheridan, and in this podcast, we're taking a little bit of an unconventional turn with some of my favorite unconventional people. This is our first interview, actually, with two of my best friends in the entire world, Barrett Laville and Everett Gentry. They're both musicians. They're both pursuing their passions and their love for life. And we are just diving into this conversation about how they reach this point in their journey, where it intersects with their health and wellness journey, and how they found the courage and the confidence and the positivity to go out and pursue their dreams. So I think you guys are going to absolutely love this episode. Don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, review, rate, share it with the people in your life. Big love is our motto and our message is for everyone. And actually, yeah, this episode is for everybody. No 18 plus. I think this is something that anyone at all ages is going to get something from. So let it ride. This is an amazing conversation and I can't wait for you guys to dive in and enjoy it. So here is our first interview. Music is medicine. Enjoy. (laughs) Just here, Mercy, starting off the podcast. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Balance and Moderation. Uh, This is a little bit of a different episode than we've done in the past. So just to kind of give you guys a little bit of background of where we're at right now. So we, me and Robbie, like to be ahead of schedule. We're very driven, organized people typically, but, you know, the show is all about being compassionate and realistic. And where we are in our realistic lifestyles is that we are not exactly on schedule. We usually like to record our episodes about a week out in advance, but I was on vacation. Robbie had some stuff going on in his life, and we've been kind of recording the episodes the day before we released them. And unfortunately, Mr. Robert had a case of food poisoning uh, last night, so we weren't able to record our typical episodes, but I have the awesome pleasure and blessing of interviewing my two roommates who one of them happens to be my boyfriend the love of my life for the past uh, four years Mr. (laughs) Barrett Laville and then also our really great friend Everett Gentry they're both musicians they've been in the game for a couple of years just starting off their careers and I thought it'd be really cool to get their perspective on life as a musician, also being health-conscious individuals, how they've been balancing that out in their lives. So do you guys want to just quickly introduce yourselves? Yeah, um, I'm Barrett. Hi. What's up? We got uh, we got another guy here. Okay, wow. What an intro. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my name's Everett. Uh, I'm Everett Gentry. But first off, Robbie, I hope you feel better. <laughs> and I'm happy to be here. <laughs> but yeah, I am happy to be here. I'm psyched and thanks for having us on share. Sweet. Awesome. So I have just a start off question for you guys since the show is balance and moderation. What is one thing in life that keeps you in balance? I mean, with everything else going on, of course, yes. Okay. Adjusting to microphones. Um, with every, Yeah. With everything else going on, 
Um, of course, music. I mean, we're always finding as much time as possible uh, to get after that. We, we do open mics um, every week, occasionally more than once a week with our good friend Kyle and occasionally our alternate uh, drummer, Ricky. Um, but then besides that, Evan and I are normally up until like midnight most nights um just either making beats or writing songs and it's definitely therapeutic what was the question again <laughs> what keeps you in balance so i feel balanced with a few things if i keep them to their usual place in my routine and that is one thing it starts going to bed early uh, when I don't have rest, my days are pretty much jumbled along with my thought process. My body feels out of whack. I'm just out of my rhythm. And what kind of goes hand in hand with that is having a morning routine, waking up, drinking water, having a stretch, just easing into the day and, you know, setting an intention for it. I love it. I love it. And now an alternate question uh, hashtag BAM. What is something, an area of life where you need to practice more moderation? Maybe there's something you're getting too much of or not enough of. What needs to come back into balance in your life? Yeah, I'm, I'm the opposite of Everett, unfortunately, when it comes to that. What needs to come back more into my life is definitely sleep. Um, it's hard. There's 24 hours in the day. I work from eight to five. Um, and then I try to squeeze as much time as I possibly can, um, pursuing actual work in how I view it. Um, and then suddenly I'm getting six hours of sleep a night and it bites me in the ass and at like one thirty every single day. It's like a routine, you know? So definitely getting more sleep would be good. Um, having any sort of morning routine besides, waking up, throwing on clothes, um, hoping that my water bottle is filled with water so I don't have to spend time filling it up, um, and then just going from there. Uh, but besides that, you know, the post-work is normally a good routine. Definitely getting more back into the gym, of course, would help. We all fall off the wagon here and there. Um, what about you? Yeah, I would agree. And going off what you said, I think a balance of time I, I know you know. I'm an Aries, so I want to do a ton of things. I have so many things on my list of to-do for every day that fitting it all into 24 hours just doesn't work, especially when my work schedule isn't the same every day. I unfortunately don't get to work 8 to 5 every day. Maybe that is a fortunate thing. Fortunate. <laughs> yeah, so no 9 to 5 for me, but my schedule isn't set every day with work. So balancing that and wanting to do everything on my list every day is sometimes a struggle. And especially when I don't have my routine down, it makes it even harder because like I said before, I'm out of whack. Off the wagon. Off the wagon. Off the wagon. But we roll with the punches. We, we get back on. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you guys ever want to get some tips and tricks about how to get back on the wagon, go check out our first episode called So You Fucked Up, Now What? It's all about that. It's some great, great content, great experience pieces in there. And um, kind of going based off of that question, what is something, an area of life where you're really excelling in, in your health that you're really proud of, or maybe 
does your does your career kind of like play a role into that? Are there any parts of how music helps support you be a healthy person? So I think I would go at it backwards from what you said. I think having my health down makes music better. And something I would say I'm excelling in would be choosing the right foods to eat. Now, definitely, we all just took a vacation, and I was a little more lax. You know, I we were out in California, Nevada, and letting loose, going down the mountains, having a good time. So my regular eating habits were definitely different. But I think on a usual day-to-day basis, I am very good with eating the things that give me what I need in terms of energy and nutrients. And I think that helps me make better music, actually. I think when I'm hydrated, definitely stay hydrated. I think when I'm hydrated and I have good nutrients in my body that I am easily able to get into that flow state. It Say, you know, you have a big meal of carbs. For me, personally, if I eat a lot of rice, I get really tired. I feel lethargic. So if I were to do that and then sit down to make music, I feel... I wouldn't be able to flow as much as I could. Got you, got you. Yeah, and going off of that, uh, before answering the question, carbs is a weird thing because I love carbs, as a lot of us all do, and every time I eat way too much rice when I have Chipotle three times a week or whatnot, um, definitely the lethargy really kicks in there. Um, and it's really harder to do anything, whether it's in um, my day job or my actual career with music. Um, staying hydrated is definitely something that I am good at. And then, I I don't know, I've been very good at intermittent fasting. I really try to cut off when I eat. I try my hardest not to eat after 9 and definitely not 10, even when mac and cheese is calling me. Um, But excelling in the career, as you said, that was more or less the question. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, Definitely just making sure I don't just get home and kick the shoes off and just lay down. I mean, sometimes decompression is definitely needed, um, but that's at least where I see myself uh, staying on the wagon, strapped in, you know, hands and feet inside the vehicle, um, just able to consistently every night continue to make music, at least write music, especially listen to music, um, and just consume and produce there. Um, it, I mean, it keeps me driven. It keeps me going. I, I'm sure Everett would say the same. You know, we're just in tandem doing that as much as we can. Awesome, awesome. Now, I know both of you guys brought up diet, hydration. You know, your inputs are really important to you. So are there any – have you guys tried any diets in the past? Is there anything that – you know, has worked for you or maybe some crazy experiences that you've had with diets. Everett, I'm looking at you because I know you've had some really crazy journeys with your diet, but even Barrett, I know that you've experimented with um, with your inputs too. So is there anything that's worked for you or anything kind of out of the ordinary that you've tried and what was your experience with that? Yeah, I'll get mine out of the way before we go to F's because that, that's <laughs> definitely a little uh, more into it. Um, I, I think that uh, just uh, consistency with eating has been real key for me. I've never gone keto. I've never really – I've always said like, oh, I'll cut out carbs for a little bit. And then I'm like, oh, rice would be really convenient for this meal. 
Um, so that's a little more difficult, but just, you know, drinking smoothies, staying hydrated, making sure that it's just consistent throughout the day, day in and day out on the week, um, makes me feel really grounded. And the downside of that is though, you know, if I have one sort of cheap meal, if I eat some Taco Bell or something, then I immediately feel it. And my body's like, Oh, you're not in college anymore. You're not really able to do this as well. Um, but I know Everett's experimented with a lot of uh, interesting diets, so I'll pass the reins off to you there. Yeah, so th it's probably a long story, so I'll, I'll try to keep it short. It might be... This is a podcast, bro. You can go on as long as you want. Well, I was going to say, it, <laughs> it might be good for another podcast. So I grew up like any other normal American person. I had a normal American diet. So when I was growing up, it was a lot of processed foods. It was a lot of sugar. I definitely had a lot of soda. Nothing was really that healthy. But, you know, as a kid and as a young athletic person, you can pretty much eat anything. And it's not like it's going to hold you back so much. But I would say it happened in 2017. I went vegan and I did that for a while because I wasn't feeling good. I was actually living in Tallahassee. I was eating out of a kitchen that was in an apartment building and they just had very standard low quality food and I was eating it so much. And I was home and my brother had just gone vegan. He was actually raw at the time. So he was way into his journey before I ever took foot. And so I went vegan, thought I'd try it out, and I actually felt so much better. I had more energy, I could think clear, I slept better. So I went with that for a long time. I probably went about three years. And then I, you know, with influence from my brother, got into the idea of doing a cleanse. So that brought me to a juice fast. And how long was that juice fast? My juice fast lasted for 43 days. Which is insane to me. Absolutely insane. But how did you feel? What, like, physically and mentally, how did that make you feel? Amazing. I honestly had days where I felt I was the highest in my life. And I'm not speaking, you know, taking a drug and being high. I had, like, vibrational energy that was very, very high. I would wake up and the days would feel like a movie almost. It was almost cinematic the way I felt. And I felt way more in tune with my emotions. I definitely, you know, at the time and, you know, referring back to one of your earlier podcasts, I definitely cried a lot more. I was definitely in, like I said, in tune with my emotions way more. And they just had more of a presence. And I also had such a clear mind. I think that's the clearest my head has been ever. So what I was doing, I, I would have, I forget how many, I think it was a gallon and a half of juice throughout the day. And I would switch it up, mo mostly fruit for uh, calories. And also for calories, I would do carrots and potatoes at night. And I'd also, of course, have greens. Mm -hmm. And that really helped with the detox. At that time, I lost a lot of weight. I'm Right now, I'm sitting at 157-ish. And before I did it, I was at like 160, probably 165. And I had gotten all the way down to 145. 
Yeah, that's that's pretty low. So like I know that you felt really good mentally and emotionally, maybe more connected to like your spiritual Definitely. self. But physically, did you how did that make you feel? Did you feel weak at any point? So it was interesting. Right in the middle of it, I'd started working out again and I wasn't doing heavy weights by any means. And I would do probably a 45 minute workout, pretty much tone work. I'd do light weights for high reps and then I'd go on a mile run. And I felt so, so good. But when it came to doing a sport, I remember I was with Barrett in Orlando and we were visiting our other musician uh, friend, uh, Ulysses. We were playing basketball and my muscles just kind of gave out at some point. I definitely didn't have this endurance like I have now. So in that aspect, I felt weak. I definitely wouldn't be able to move a lot of weight um, and that's actually one of the things that got me off of that diet. Gotcha. So are you doing anything with your diet right now or are you just kind of kind of floating? Right. So right now I'm doing keto. Um, I guess I'm still in the experimental phase. I figure I'm young. I should experiment with how different foods and diets affect me because, well, one, I have the time to do it, I have the resources to do it, and I want to find just the optimal diet for myself. Awesome. Well, thank you, Everett and Barrett, for, for those answers. I really loved how in-depth you guys got with that. And I kind of wanted to switch the conversation back into music because I really wanted to touch on how music really is medicine. And that's something that I wanted to talk about and incorporate in this podcast. But you know, I dabble in music here and there. And Robbie, you know, we both love music, but we're not musicians by trade. And we really think that there's some true healing potential with music, with those frequencies, how they're being transmitted through the body, and how that can really, you know, up level your, you know, cellular DNA in a way, if you're, again, it's like your nutrition. It's like your hydration. You know, when you're taking these really positive, empowering inputs, you're just up-leveling yourself on such a finite, not finite, but such a microscopic degree that it just explodes into the macroscopic view of your world, kind of like what you were talking about when you were on your juice fast. So with that being said, what really brought you guys into music and why do you stay in it? What brought me in, at least, um, I mean, I had done music my whole life. My mom is a musician at heart, even though she self-admittedly um, would say that she's not a very good singer. She loves to perform, and she loves to sing and just uh, go wild. So even at like a young age, I was super into singing, super into music, piano lessons, ended up taking vocal lessons, um, was in a band in middle school, uh, into high school, was in a band up in college. Uh, in a band now, so I've always come back to that. But I would say maybe a couple years ago or so, when I was more at a crossroads as to what I actually wanted to do, um, and trying to fight like the uh, more standard reality where everyone's like, oh, go be a computer programmer, go look at Excel spreadsheets and make some money. And I'm like, I don't, I don't really want to do that for my whole life. Screens hurt my eyes. I already lost vision from that for looking at those when I was playing video games a lot. Um, so let's not deteriorate that anymore. Um, so it, it, it's interesting just because um, 
to kind of go on a grandiose scale for a second, like when people want to change the world or at least their country, they kind of think like, oh, I'll be a politician. Oh, I'll be a lawyer. I can really get stuff done. Um, but I, I mean, personally, I think a musician is uh, someone that more or less touches people, um, people's hearts in a much uh, more intimate way. It ripples out a lot better. It, you know, changes people for the better um, because music is just something that we can all consume as one. Like we've had music, uh, our ancestors were listening to music tens of thousands of years ago, drum circles, all that good stuff. And it's all translated in one way or another to where we are today. So that is more or less what I've been wanting to create, just put music out there that people can relate to, they can listen to, no matter what kind of mood they're in. Um, really just to, uh, you know, find some sort of peace, find some sort of healing and just uh, resonate with the energy, whether it's a song that's going hard, whether it's a more relaxing song. Um, and just, you know, off the top of my head, like Mac Miller is uh, someone near and dear to my heart. And he definitely inspired me to go more down that route because you just see how much he loves music and everyone I know and multiple people I've talked to, I've never met before, um, resonate with it as well. And it's just very cool to see that kind of group resonance, um, appear and that's you're not going to get that anywhere else it's going to be music it's uh, just a very well tight-knit community where a lot of people are accepted um on that though uh, what do you really think of it well i would agree i think music is one of the biggest ways that the world can change and i think it has a long-lasting effect especially now with the internet anything you put out there is going to stay there so people way down the line can look up Barrett and see his whole catalog, you know? Um, so I really like that about music. What got me into it was my mom. I would always be in the car with her and she would always jam and sing. And so there I was, you know, jamming and singing with her. And in middle school, I got into a band. I actually started on the trombone, which is really cool. I took one piano lesson. I was like, eh, which I wish I kept with because I think piano is a beautiful instrument. From there, I entered chorus, started singing, and then in high school, I was in chorus, which is actually funny, funny story. The I think it was the second or first day I walked into chorus. I had talked to our music director, Mr. Yost, shout out Mr. Yost, and I told him, I think I want to switch. And he looked at me and said, no, you're not switching. And which wasn't in his control, <laughs> but I'm glad I didn't. And I stuck with it. And actually Barrett ended up joining, what year was it? Uh, my junior year. Okay. So it was, it was our junior year that we were in chorus together. Not how I met Barrett, but that is how my progression was. And then I met Mario actually in chorus and in high school is when he started dabbling with production. And who is Mario? Mario's the man. Mario is my best friend from high school. We would eat lunch together, uh, like just us two in the hallway, like tucked away, uh, you know, cracking jokes and laughing. So I, I think we were like each other's support system at some point. 
And he got into production and he was showing me all these things and I thought it was so cool. And, you know, I had gotten a computer for college, so I went and downloaded it and just started messing around. And since then, I've figured out how expansive the world is in terms of music production. And I've just dived headfirst trying to be able to do everything, understand it, and get it to where I want it to sound. Because we do want to make a change, and I want it to be a positive change. But I love that about music, that it can change. But I also think we're attracted to music given our mood. So if you're feeling sad, you might listen to sad songs. But also, if you're sad and you listen to a happy song, you can change your mood, which I, which I very very much enjoy and that's also how i've gotten through some things in my life hard times uh going to songs that are expressive and are fitting the mood that i'm in and the emotion i'm feeling and uh, other times changing it wonderful wonderful and now um i know we all we all went to college together i met actually both of them uh when we were all at florida state they're both a year younger than older than me, my apologies. But I know that you guys were both pursuing more more STEM degrees, more science and math oriented degrees. But, you know, Barrett, I know that you do work a, a nine to five job where you're utilizing some of those skills. But I know that both of you guys are eventually wanting to move away from that. And Ev, I know that you've kind of taken more steps, you know, not more steps, but you have a little bit more expansiveness when it comes to your your schedule and things like that, your work schedule, life and things like that. But how did you guys come to the point where you were like, I don't want to live the typical nine to five corporate lifestyle? Because I know that while a lot of people that are listening to our show are those people and really enjoy their nine to five jobs. And there's no there's no problem with enjoying your nine to five, like God bless you. But I think there's a lot of people that know that there's something deep within their hearts that they want to do or want to make a change in their life, but they might be, you know, too afraid or not sure how to take that step in their life. So can you guys kind of walk me through that process of how that went for you all in making this decision for yourselves? Yeah, I think it's um, especially for our generation, maybe plus or minus five years, and especially the generation below us, um, through the internet, people are starting to realize that there are so many more unorthodox ways to make a living and that you don't need to work the same corporate job for three decades. Shout out my dad. Thanks for holding it down. Glad that worked for you. That That's not going to work for me, though. Um, and I remember more or less vividly, it wasn't a singular moment, but when I was up in Tallahassee, I was living with uh, my roommate Dylan, who was our lead guitarist in my college band. Um, shout out Steez. And I remember like waking up after one of our last gigs that we had up there, and it was definitely one of the highest moments of my life, just playing a more or less sold-out show. It's not that we were selling tickets, but I don't think they could have possibly let any more people into the bar we were in. And I was like, this is it. Like this, I'm going to be chasing this high. This is what I want to continue doing. There's nobody that can tell me differently. Um, so I've I've thought this way since I've thought this way hardline since 2018. It's always been a dream of mine, became disenfranchised slightly in my early college 
career where I kind of got more lost and didn't exactly know what direction to follow, changed my major a couple times, ended up with a statistics major um, because I always excelled at math and I thought might as well do that, that could make me money somewhere and now I'm in a sales job. So it's crazy how that works, but I'm happy that I am. I feel like this is more or less the best case scenario for me having that sort of nine to five is I'm in a job where I talk to people every day and I'm blessed to be able to do that. I feel like if I was in a office somewhere just only on my computer, you know, some people excel at that. Some people love to do that. Some people don't want to talk to anybody. They want to clock in, maybe have a conversation with a water cooler and then clock out and call it a day. I enjoy talking to people. I've met a lot of good friends at my job. Everett worked with me um, for six months, eight months, uh, somewhere along that time span. Um, and that was fantastic. We would, um, I remember when we were first starting uh, doing open mics, we would take our lunch break or, and just go out to a park nearby and we'd bring like our amps in our cars and practice or he'd have a box drum and we'd tell our bassist who had left. He, he actually worked with us at that point. Um, uh, and after he had dipped out, we were like, hey, we're going to be here. Uh, slide through. Um, so we would always be practicing then and it it just became that kind of thing where that's what we were pursuing. And of course, nine to fives work for plenty of people and I'll never knock the hustle with that. Um, but that's not to say that there are a majority even of people that are in those kind of jobs that don't want to be. And it really just comes down to how you're allocating your time before and after nine and after five. Um, that's just really important. That's what's, you know, setting apart where you're going to be in a year's time. Um, and it, all it takes sometimes is just an hour, you know, like I, I am amazed by Everett's, um, drive to do what he does. I feel like if he wasn't, uh, close to me, I wouldn't be of pushing what I'm doing is hard. And I hope that works vice versa. Um, uh, but also having that kind of person that pushes you, it's just like having a gym partner. Sometimes you'll fall off the horse in the gym, but it's a lot harder to fall off if you have someone in your phone saying, Hey, we're going to work out today. Um, so what's really your take on that Everett? <laughs> yeah, we have a talking stick. Passing off the talking stick. It just we have to be a two mics, three people. Hell yeah. you do the we're, we're rolling with it though. So for me, I think it came down to happiness. I was in college pursuing exercise physiology, and that's, you know, we actually had some classes together. Yeah, we did, because that was my degree, too. Yeah. We had, like, uh, that one crazy teacher who ended up retiring two months into the semester and then had a super chill, laid-back teacher the other half, and it was supposed to be the hardest class of, like, our major, and it ended up being, like, a cakewalk, so we got really lucky. But. Yeah, it went from a really hard class to just being soft and, and easy, <laughs> but it came down for happiness. I realized midpoint through my college career that I didn't see myself doing this for 40 years, 50 years. And granted, I wouldn't have to. I could definitely switch up my route while I was doing it. But I didn't see myself being happy. And I found myself happiest when I was sitting down and creating. And then I found myself, well, even before that, when I was in chorus, I felt so, so good performing. And just being on stage or just 
performing the music and and letting go and really feeling it that's when i felt happiest so midway through i almost dropped out actually i had a really long conversation with my mom and she was not about it she was not about it at all because you know how it goes people are conditioned to think you go through high school you get into a good college you get a good career you get a nine to five and then there you are and I'm not about that. So I, I did have that conversation and really the sentiment of it was to finish what you started. So I ended up finishing, but I ended up grabbing a job that was outside of that field and just finding the time around it to work. And it's funny that Barrett brought up that we work together because Meeting people there really held me in it, but the fact that I had someone there that I knew really well, was super comfortable with, and I made music with, just made it so much better. Like he said, we would go on our breaks and and practice and, you know, have Kyle there, our bassist, tell him to come through, and then we would go perform that night. Um, like even, even tomorrow night, we're going to go perform. Just, we love doing it, uh, performing covers, uh, original stuff. I think the original stuff just feels so much better, but yeah, it just came down to happiness. I, I find myself most happy and enjoying life when I'm sitting down creating and, and or playing. I love that. And now I know community and friendships and relationships are all really important to both of you guys. And I think that music can be a great connector. So how has your career in music brought you into different relationships or changed your relationship with yourself? I I love it because I've met so many talented people, talented, positive people. And I think if I wasn't in music, well, I know if I wasn't doing music, I would not have met them. For example, our friend Ulysses, amazing artist. You should go check him out. He has amazing songs. He is just one of the most positive people I know. And he's very, very driven. And he, like so much so that you feel it when you're around him. And I wouldn't give that up for anything. Meeting people like that, the people we've met at the Kava Bars, we've performed at, so many, yes, countless, so many good people to be around. It's just good energy, especially at an open mic where it's not like you're getting paid for it. So you just go and everyone's being expressive in their different ways. And I love that. Yeah, definitely huge shout out to Ulysses. I met him a couple of uh, Halloweens back at a party in Orlando and I, I I already was vibing with a lot of people there, but then he walked in, had never been in before. He was one of a, a friend of a friend, a boyfriend of a friend, I think. Um, and immediately we clicked. I pretty much lost my voice that night because the party was loud and I was just sitting down talking to him and just yelling really loudly to make sure he heard me and all this shit. And we were just going back and forth about music. And that was before we really jumped into open mics. Um, so he was one of the first people that, I mean, I'm trying to think, but one of the first people that I really met outside of Everett or more my tight knit circle who was pursuing this kind of music, um, you know, career and just genuinely the most positive person, like very full of energy, 
uh, rubs off on you instantly if you're around him. Um, and whenever it was talking about how we were playing basketball and um, he was cramping up and everything, we went to Orlando to stay with him, uh, as he was saying, and his parents um, at the time were more or less on board with what he was pursuing and doing. I know I'm getting a little off topic, but I think this is just so cool. He be- he pretty much told his parents, like, hey, I'm still going to like work and everything, but this is what I want to do. And they're like, all right, let's make sure you do it right. And they cut their garage in half, more or less, and installed like a studio in there with a booth. And I remember seeing it for the first time in person. And then we stayed up until like three o'clock just making stuff and freestyling. And it was a fantastic just trip. It was a fantastic night. Um, all around. Now, you're going to have to forgive me here. What was the question? <laughs> Bring me back to ground real quick here. Yeah, no worries. Uh, community, the question, I remember that It was word. community, but also just, you know, how has music changed your relationship with yourself? Ah, I see. Um, on the community aspect, definitely going off of what Ev was saying, um, just at the open mics Wednesdays, downtown Tampa at a Cava bar, literally... Sheridan and I just stumbled upon that one day when we, because we normally go on the weekends or I think it was BOGO on like Thursdays or something. We went on a Wednesday. It's like open mic. Whoa, this is cool. And then I talked to the lady and she's like, oh yeah, you want to do it tonight? And I'm like, no. And she's like, you want to do it next week? And I'm like, maybe. So then we did uh, 2009 by Mac Miller and um, Frank Ocean and Earl Sweatshirt, Super Rich Kids. And it was awesome. It was so cool. And I was like, holy shit, why'd I go this long? without performing. Um, so then met a lot of uh, people through that, really helped build the community. And like I've said, I haven't met a negative person there. There are just some interesting characters. Don't get me wrong. And I love that. It's it's like entering another world sometimes with the, the people that are in there. And it's so cool because they're all, all expressive in their own way. Um, but it really has um, put me more in line with myself. I'm much more confident with who I am, how I approach situations, because I don't have to fake anything. Um, I mean, th- there was definitely a time, like freshman year of college, sophomore year of college, where I would not even bring up like music in a conversation, even if I'd want to, and say, like, yeah, I'm doing this here and there. I learned a song on piano. It's three chords. It's really cool. Um, so obviously have progressed since then. Um, but now I'm in a conversation. I'm like, oh yeah, I work this job here, but I'm making music every night. Check, uh, Everett and I out on SoundCloud and then exchange links, build a kind of community through that. And it's just awesome to see in real time. And it's very cool to see our friends grow. Like we're opening for, um, uh, Nate Mosley, one of our really good friends, super talented guitarist and singer, um, God, two, three weekends from now, April 3rd on a Saturday, which is so cool. So he's getting paid for that. So we're going to make a tip jar out of something and slap something funny on it. So then we can frame our first dollar as a band and be like, hell yeah, we see where we're making money off this mom. This is crazy. Um, But yeah, it's just really cool to have that grow. And I'm sure, you know, it's just going to keep that velocity going. So I realized I answered part of that question, not fully. Um, With regards to myself, I feel like it has had me in a deeper reflection with some emotions that I've like suppressed. So when I'm writing, I can sit down and face those feelings more and have some intention with those 
while being expressive. And I feel like that's really opened me up as a person. And I love it because when it comes down to it, it's how you say things, not really what you say. Or at least that's like a general gist I've gotten from listening to like mainstream music. If it sounds good, people are going to listen to it. I mean, a song probably pops in your head. I won't name any, but a song probably pops in your head where like, that sounds good, but I don't even know what that guy's saying. So it's definitely opened me up to myself more, and I think that's allowed me to open up more to like other people around me. Beautiful, beautiful. Now, Barrett, there was something you said about your time with Ulysses about how his parents were, you know, ultimately very supportive of him pursuing his dream career. And I know that that's not necessarily an experience that everybody gets, whether it's from family, friends, role models, people that they love and they trust in their life are like, hey, maybe you shouldn't pursue this creative career because it's, you know, supposedly not productive or risky or what if you don't make it? So in both of y'all's experiences, have you had that experience and how, how do you stay focused? How do you overcome that? Uh... When that kind of line of thinking pops in my head, it always reminds me of um, Jim Carrey, how before he made it big, he wrote himself a check for a million dollars. Okay, well, even before that, he would like look in the mirror every day and he'd be like, you're funny, like you're amazing, all this stuff, because you got to talk to yourself. You got to hype yourself up. You know, you can't just be reliant. You can't go out into public and think like, oh, I hope somebody recognizes that I put on some cool clothes today. You got to look in the mirror after you put on the cool clothes and be like, you look awesome. Jim Carrey would basically do that and wrote himself a check for a million dollars. I think it was a year or two years out because that's how confident he was. It wasn't even that he was just overconfident. It was that he knew it would happen. So that's more or less the approach you got to have. I, It's not that I don't have a fallback plan, but I don't have a fallback plan, if that makes sense. Like, I'm working an eight-to-five job, but that's not my fallback plan. That's just what I'm doing during the day. I am very laser-focused on making this happen. And back in the day, of course, everyone has those doubts, but I don't know, probably hit an inflection point a year and a half, two years ago, especially when I started... Like I would, I would get home from work before Ev and I lived together and I would just call him up. I'd be like, are you free? And he'd say, yeah. And then I'd go over to his place because he had the studio. And then we would just, you know, he'd make beats. I'd write to the beats. I'd say, this would be, this would be a cool sample. He'd put that in and we would just make something happen. And suddenly it became tangible. And that's where the inflection point really hit where I was like, okay, now this is a sure thing. This is going to happen. It's not an if anymore. It's an is. So that's, that's kind of the line of thinking that I go through now. Yeah, it's so tangible and I know it's going to happen like for sure. That might come from my parents. They influenced me as I was growing up. My dad would always say, whatever you put your mind to, you can do. Literally anything you want to do is yours once you decide it is. And you just have to put the action behind it, put in the work because nothing, something can't come from nothing. You can't sit on the couch and wish for a million dollars. You have to write a check to yourself and then know what's going to happen and take the step to make it happen. And then every, you know, it all follows. So 
I was on a train of thought and I sort of lost it, but that's okay. Cause it's a podcast. Um, but yeah, I, it does come down to knowing it's going to happen and being confident in that. And I think what's helped me with that is setting a definite aim or a, a definite purpose for myself and writing down an actual date and whatever I want to accomplish and giving that a, a concrete stamp. So that's something I repeat to myself. It's a big goal of mine. And that helps me daily um, to keep drive, to keep my drive and to stay motivated. I think, unfortunately, for our culture, that a lot of people get messed up with timing. So everybody wants to be rich and famous. And if you're not there by 22, then it's not going to happen. So, you know, a normal person will see someone on the big stage and, and not see everything on, on the other side that got them there. And they'll think, wow, I can't get there. That's look at what they're doing. But it takes every day putting in work to get anywhere close to that. You, it, you can't do it without it. I mean, maybe you can make a hit song and be a one hit wonder, but you know, we're, we're out here for change. So we want to make a, a big change and we got to stay consistent with it and grow and evolve. And it's, you know, to a person who doesn't think that they can do something, I would say you can, you just have to switch your mindset and put in the work and it will come. If I can build off that real yeah. quick. Also with what you were saying, just with, um, kind of people our age and the culture that we're in, it's almost a lot of, I mean, we all have those kind of friends that aren't fully active friends, and I, I'm blessed to not have that many of them, if at all, but we all have those kind of people in our lives where we say, like, yeah, I'm doing this, and they're like, oh, that's cool. And those are the same kind of people where if you're putting your energy towards them and saying, oh, hey, I have a project coming out, um, it's going to be so awesome. I'm putting a lot of work into it. Those are the kind of people that are going to say, are you sure you want to do that? Um, is that something that you're actually like going through? And then that's where like self-doubt can really fester and set in. And that that really is like a weird kind of thing going on with our generation, at least that I've seen, is a lot of people just almost want to knock somebody else down just for the sake of doing it. Um, whether that stems from just self-confidence or whatnot. So a big part of everything, and even bringing it back to community, is having that community. You're not going to get very far if the voices in your ear are telling you you can't do it. you got to find the people close to you that are positive about it. Yeah, I'm just going to keep this one going. But <laughs> I love it. It's, Let it's it so bang. In, it's so important, I think, because... People, again, they see, you know, you're in your 20s and, you know, your time's wasted by 30. You should be settled down with the kids in the suburbs and have a nine to five. And that doesn't have to be your reality. You, 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 <laughs> you can make it literally whatever you want. So you might as well start now and take that first step because we're going to be here for a while especially the way medicine is growing, how rapidly it's changing. We're going to be here for a minute, you know? So me, when I see myself turning 25 in, what is this? Uh, seven days. Yeah. Happy in, in birthday, seven yeah. days. Hey, <laughs> thank you. Uh, so me turning 25 in seven days, it doesn't really hit me 
like it would if I was looking at it when I was 13. You know, when I was 13, I'd be like, wow, 25 year old. But now I feel better than I did when I was 18, you know? Yeah, and Robbie and I have that conversation a lot. I mean, he's 30. He's a couple years older than us. And he's in amazing shape. He always tells me, he's like, Besides I feel so... poisoning. Oh, yeah, other than the food poisoning. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a kind of an off, off thing. But he says he feels better than he did when he was 20. But also when he was 20, he was drinking and partying a lot and, you know, was kind of putting himself through a lot more fitness, physical rigors, a little bit more of that bro mentality. So, you know, just kind of speaking on his behalf, he has developed into a much healthier person so that he is almost like physically younger now that he's 30 than he was when he was like in his 20s. Yeah, definitely. I, I It definitely has to do with all the habits. And my mom runs marathons. She could outrun me. Probably everyone in this room. I, oh, it, absolutely. I am yeah, not combined. a runner. I've like, said that on the show. My mom is a beast. And she is... Shout out to my mom. I love you, mom. Um, yeah, she runs marathons. She works out. You know, she's in there squatting and deadlifting. And she does... She flips homes. So, like, sometimes she'll do, you know, the manual work that needs to be done. And she does it without a problem. And like I said, she's, you know, close to 60. So... You know, we're, like I said, we're going to be here for the long haul. I'm going to, definitely going to be here till 90. I'm going to push it. Definitely got to change some habits to do that. But we're going to be here. So the pressure from time is just a societal thing. And with confidence, you don't even hear it. You know, it it doesn't even phase you when you're confident and you know that you're going to get something done and you're backing it up with action. Fuck that noise. Yeah. Nah, that's not for us. That that can't be for us. No, I love that. Can't love, be me. I love it. I love it. Now, just kind of thinking about the the average person who, let's say they are in that, that nine to five corporate job and they are wanting to branch out and they're really inspired by what you guys have to say today. What would be like the first actionable thing that you would recommend them to do or maybe like a mindset shift or a mantra that you use to help you up level yourself to get to that point where you are experiencing that confidence or that vision, that drive. Because I know even for me with as driven as I am, sometimes I have a hard time seeing the vision and having that clarity. So do you guys have any advice about that? I would, something that's helped me, I would do a self-assessment and really put down the things that are adding value to your life and things that aren't and slowly cutting away the things that are not and building up the things that do. So whether that's a passion or working out more or, you know, anything that will give you a healthier life, adding those things on slowly. But first of all, you need to know what is and isn't serving you. So I think that's a good place to start. And also something that's helped me that you may have talked about before on the podcast, but I think it helps in certain situations if you need it. Something that I've done is going over affirmations. And, you know, I think everybody could use a little more confidence. You know, I I haven't met someone who has been so confident where I'm like, all right, turn it down, you know? 
So I, I think affirmations could definitely help with that. Like Barrett said about Jim Carrey, looking in the mirror and telling yourself you're beautiful, you're confident, you're decisive, you're brave, you know, things like that. And over time, you will start to believe yourself and you'll feel a shift in energy and how you approach things. And then those habits that serve you that you're picking up will be will have more value to you. So you'll hold on to them longer. Yeah, and I feel like it's a lot of people think like that's corny in a weird way where it's like, oh, you're like talking to yourself and like giving yourself a pat on the back. And I don't know, that's like a weird kind of um, thing that's been ingrained into some people's minds that it's not cool to, you know, uh, you know, boast yourself up. It's not even about a it's not even about a self-confidence thing. It's just fully about um, who you believe yourself to be as a person. And Everett is the best that I've seen at those kind of um, self-affirmations. I mean, he would write sticky notes and have them on the mirror. So that's an easy way to just see them throughout your day. If you don't want to be talking to yourself in the mirror in the morning, I understand. Throw it on a wall. Yeah, exactly. It, it is that latent almost subconscious shift that you're not going to see the first couple days but over time it will form into a habit and suddenly you are much more receptive to your own thoughts which is a very important thing if you're just out there going with the flow like you're just a freaking stick tossed in the river going whichever direction it's going to take you then you're really not going to find that sort of inspiration as easily but if you're more grounded and if you really know what you stand for, it becomes a little more simpler. It becomes a little more easy on your day to day. Um, so I'd say affirmations are a big help. But also, and I said this for a while when I was aware of it and still not doing it in an ironic sense. And I would say this to Sheridan as well. Um, but just knowing the path versus walking the path is a very, very crucial and key differentiation and that changed a lot in my life when I finally was walking the path because there were times where like for some reason people would come to me for advice sometimes I guess they thought that I would be good at giving it and I would I, I think I would give good advice whether it's relationship stuff going on or you know some other problems I'd say you know this is probably how you should handle it that's what I would do and more often than not it would work out and then I wouldn't be applying that to myself on my day to day, which is weird and backwards because I knew what to do, but I wasn't getting out of bed in the morning and taking the steps to do it. So if you get home after work and you want to pursue something else, if you're just in that nine to five and you don't want to be, don't get me wrong, some people want to be and some people thrive there and that is more than okay. But some people don't want to be and they don't take the steps to do so. So if you find yourself getting home and then just eating shit food and consuming shit media and then waking up the next morning and thinking like, God, I have to do this all over again and nothing has changed. At least take a day out of the week and then build that into two days out of the week to unplug from the media, you know, give yourself a sort of detox from that stimulation. And then suddenly you'll find that pursuing what you want to pursue becomes a little more interesting because it, it is weird. Like, I love playing piano. I love writing music more than anything where I 
excel is that writing of music. But sometimes I don't want to play piano because I'm thinking to myself, oh, watching a show right now would give me more dopamine. And, and I'm not even kidding. It's not that linear of thinking, but eventually it's very helpful to take that kind of detox where you set your phone down for a whole day, one day out of the week, and then suddenly, because you're not just getting a flood of dopamine from Twitter or YouTube or Instagram, suddenly the things that didn't hit that threshold of dopamine for you before, like practicing piano for 30 minutes a day, actually hit those notes. They, you know, strike a chord and you're, I, I keep doing these music references. I don't mean to, um, but they, they resonate. They resonate very more heavily <laughs> um, with your, you know, personal self and it's easier to do so. But if you are just overloading yourself with stimulus and dopamine every single waking minute where you're not, you know, at a job, it becomes very difficult to do that. And I found out the hard way in college and had to really take a step back to efficiently walk the path. So I'm gonna hand the mic over to Gary V to answer this question too. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, <clears throat> okay, one last thing for this question. I know uh, we're, you know, approaching an hour, but sacrifices. So exactly what Barrett said, knowing the path and walking it, but also sacrificing. And like he said, I could watch a show right now. I could watch the next episode. It might take an hour, 30 minutes. I'll feel really great but that time could be spent pursuing your passion or working out even 30 minutes of that. So slowly doing that, sacrificing the things that aren't getting you to a healthy lifestyle or maintaining a healthy lifestyle and then building on the things that do. Awesome. Awesome. You guys have exceeded my expectations. Not that, not that I didn't think this interview was going to go great, Ooh. but you know, this is our first interview on the show and um, you know, you two are obviously two of the closest people in my life and I'm super, super grateful to have like hearted individuals, really positive, empowering people in my life because you guys really inspire me to go after after my goals and my visions. And, you know, Everett has helped so much with this podcast. Barrett has just been such a light in my life and such an inspiration for me. So thank you guys both so much. Is there anything else that you want to leave the audience with before we tune out? Life is a gift and it's a beautiful thing. And try every day to live to the fullest like it is your last last day as far as we know we only get it once but it's a very beautiful thing and thank you share and thank you barrett for everything that you do i love living with you guys and yeah drink water or you might die as mick jenkins would say before before we have any sort of close though you've been doing a lot of the talking what does music mean to you, Sheridan? We had a little technical difficulty there. What does music mean to you? Music is energy. It's frequency. It's a point of connection. I know that our viewers know that I'm a very spiritually oriented person, and I view the world a lot through the realm of energetics, of that give and receive, that expansion and that collapse letting in and letting go. And I really think that music encapsulates that so perfectly. It's just something that, like you guys were saying, it can raise your vibration. If you're in a low place, it can balance you out. It can help you feel heard, feel seen. It can bring you 
brighter connections in your life. You know, how many times have, you know, uh, you had a friend put a song on the ox and you're like, oh my gosh, I love this song. This is amazing. Or how many times have you bonded over an artist or been to a concert or a music festival with maybe people you know, maybe people you don't know, but you share that beautiful moment with them and it makes you remember why we're alive here on this planet. And I think music is just such a universal language of love and I can't imagine life without it. So you guys are really doing amazing work, you know, in your in your day-to-day life, but also just who you are and your presence and just how you how you express yourselves and how you show up in the world. So thank you guys for being who you are. Thank you. I like that answer. Yeah, thank you so much, Cher. I'm so happy to be on the podcast with Barrett, too. Yeah. Sweet. Sweet. Awesome. So we're going to wrap it up now. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Barrett, Everett, is there any way that our listeners can tune in to you, your projects, your music? Is there anything that's coming up on the horizon, or how can they stay connected with you? We have so many things coming up. I I feel like I add to the vault daily. But I would say the easiest way to find me is on Instagram at Gentry Prod. That's G-E-N-T-R-Y-P-R-O-D, short for production, producer. And yeah, Barrett isn't on anything. You should find him on Facebook and add him as a friend. You can find <laughs> him kidding. under a rock. <laughs> I'm on Tumblr, baby. We're bringing it back. <laughs> um, yeah, Instagram, I... You can't like have multiple links in your bio on Instagram. It's weird. So I only have my sound. I'll make you a link tree. Don't worry, we'll fix that. Yeah, link tree would help a lot because I have my distro kit at a time. But uh, Instagram Barrett B A R R E T T underscore L V for Laville. Um, We have plenty of projects in the works. um, Album that is uh, in the ether right now because we're uh, waiting to drop an EP here pretty soon. Just with a lot of producers that we're friends with that we know. Of course, ever we'll have you know the king share of that but then having some of our friends in tallahassee producing some of our stuff um having one of my friends that makes like techno stuff which i'm super stoked to write on um so really just experimenting with that so a lot of that going on i mean you know having our first actual show where we might get paid going on which is really cool um so really just you know broadening our horizons as much as we can Awesome. Well, thank you guys. You all have been great guests. I'm going to go make some dinner now. Um, But if you guys have any questions for us on the show, please reach out to us at the BAM podcast. We would love any questions, any advice, anything that's helping you in your day to day life. I mean, we would love to hear what if you've incorporated anything from the show, how it's impacted you, or if you have any alternative perspectives that you want to provide and give us some clarity because this really is, excuse me, our podcast. And I want this to be a community experience. So definitely follow us at the BAM podcast, connect with us there. You can also email us at balance.moderation at gmail.com. Big love is the motto, and we're out. Woo.